My name's uh, Jeremy Walker. I'm a composer and a pianist, 50 years old. Uh, but this is not a podcast about music. It's not a podcast about me. It happens to be about my dad. His name's Tom Walker. Uh, he started his own company when he was 22 years old. He was started as an accountant. He expanded into small business consulting, uh, negotiations, everything that goes along with that. Um, for the past 30 plus years, he's devoted himself to trying to answer for how small independent businesses run by iconoclastic people, not deliberately so, but by their nature, can survive and thrive outside of what he would call the crushing conformity of uh, our time and our economy. Uh, I heard about this stuff all the time when I was a kid, and I wasn't particularly interested in business, and frankly, I'm still not, but he is a passionate, provocative, uh, difficult, committed person, and uh, he's written a book called The Thirty Years' War, but that doesn't begin to capture the energy and uh, the spirit of what he's talking about, so I decided, well, let's do a podcast about this, and I've never really wanted to talk about it, but we're going to, and that's what the podcast is called. It's called, Do We Really Have to Talk About This? And the answer is yes. So we're continuing to talk about uh, Bill, who started a foundry in what I guess people would see as the worst of conditions and high interest rates and all the rest. And uh, we're just going to keep talking about his approach. And uh, uh, my dad, uh, Tom Walker, was advising then and, and uh, has formulated a lot of uh, uh, views and theories and practices. And this is one of the uh, important stories in his career. So we're doing this podcast to kind of get it down. So with that, go ahead. Well, they grew, and they came to be looking for a larger plant. But one day, their plant caught fire. A firefighting plant had been worked out with a fire department beforehand, as was prudent. But when the fire hit, it was not followed. Everything was lost. You can't plan for such things. But you can prepare for the unknown, but not specific as to what and when. We'll pick that idea up later. One way this worked for Bill was that he did not want to drag out vendor payments, which was a bone of contention and criticism of him by his CFO. But his idea was his word was to pay on time, and if he had to borrow to pay on time, so be it. The policy reflected Bill's view of himself. It, often enough a characteristic of his type, and his type is unusual by itself. That'll be picked up in a subsequent discussion. Anyway, vendor support was exceptional, it seemed, both in rapid resupply offer and offering extended terms, and even trucking to refurbish salvageable equipment and loaded on flatbed trucks while the fire was still burning. But the story gets better. Previously, they had already found an acceptable plant. They arranged to meet with the seller. The building had sat on the market for over a year. 
the CFO was ever alert to money, he wanted to make a lowball offer. But uh, Bill turned that approach down. He offered to pay asking price if he could start moving in literally the next morning. Rent would be applied to the latter, to the latter, to, to a later close of sale. The seller's attorney was present and rightly objected to the problems that, that that approach would create or could create. The argument was put to the seller. Well, you know, Bill, is his reputation such that you can trust him to execute what he's offered? This went so smoothly, so smoothly, that Bill's insurance company raised the ugly specter that the fire was not at all, was all planned in advance. Bill wanted no delay, and the reason was quite simple and powerful. He knew that his competitors were only too happy to serve his customers if he wasn't back into production. Years passed, Bill had had enough. He called me to sell out. Well, let's stop. I want to stop because that's, that's jumping ahead for some... I think there's some points that deserve a little more. There's a lot of points. Oh, there's a deserve. lot of points. <laughs> okay. Yes, there there are, and I and it'll take a while to unfold them, but. Uh, well, I don't want to be the. Uh, for the purpose of tracking this, it's going to get circular and packed in a big hurry. So if I could go back and just hit a few things that that uh, stand out to me as contrary and uh, surprisingly wise. I don't don't know exactly how to say it, but uh, so just to make a point, he didn't age payables. Is that what I'm understanding? He paid his bills on the time he agreed to pay them. And And that was not common practice. Okay, so... It's it's pretty standard kind of financial management. To oh, the idea, your, yeah. That way you carry more cash. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So you kind of stick it to the people who supply you. Well, that isn't the sophisticated way of putting it. Well, I realize that. I mean, it's, you're not sticking it to them because, if you will, and this is the arguments that I've addressed, heard. Well, everybody's doing it. Okay. And I tied it to something more basic. I mean, it's not my determination to say how my clients should pay their bills. But I knew that paying them on time was part of what Bill, how he saw himself. It was a mark of his own character. And so preserving his view of what his business is and what it should be, therefore was preserving him. Right. So I think that's an important thing to... Oh, it is. For setting up later things. The second thing I'd like to... So he had... It would seem reasonable that being a foundry with high heat, uh, he had a fire contingency plan in place. Yes. And of that course, had been a plan worked out with the fire department, prepared in conjunction with them. Was that standard? Would most foundries do that? Actually, I don't know. It would surprise me if they didn't. Uh-huh. It might be better to say it's something they should do. What people should do and what they do often not the same. And that's maybe why I'm queuing on that is, is how long had he been in business when the fire happened? You know, I, I don't, I can't say as I remember exactly, say five years. Uh, go back to one of the early statements about Bill. He didn't start this foundry because he was looking to risk, for risk. Yeah. 
he started it, he had a high risk aversion. So that high risk aversion would carry through in policies such as this. And if I remember right, in preparing to start the business, he, he really did his homework. He researched, he had a, what, he spent a year preparing to start it? It was a year. We'd given him a, um, a, a we developed our models. This was the early days of our models. Our models are, are, are we, we, the client supplies his view, his view, his vision. And uh, we supply the paints and the brushes and, the, on the, and he paints that vision on his model. And the model, one output of that model is a, a standard set of financial information. But it's also primarily where he checks himself. Somewhere else, and I don't know as I'll get to it, but the uh, fact of the matter is, his ideas only needed to be proven to one person, and that's himself. Once they were proven to him, then the idea was proven. That's not a common view, but anyway, that's how I see it. Sure. So, I, I, th I think it's remarkable that what wouldn't happen did fire I mean yeah uh, that destroyed his facilities mm -hmm. which in a usual case would mean well it's not hard to imagine you're done I, I think about insurance payments and all the rest going out and by the time you've done all that you have no clients I'm told that if a business catches fire that uh, and it's insured that even at that is not rebuilt and started again. Okay. And this one, uh, my, my word, we met with the owner of the vacant uh, manufacturing facility, building, the day after the fire. And, uh, you know, it was, we knew that since they'd already been looking for a space, we knew the building they were interested in this man owned had been set on the market for some time. And uh, it was sort of funny. Uh, we're sitting in, in the car, Bill and his CFO and me. And the CFO um, said, well, I know, I know something about real estate and we could offer a big discount on this because this, this, this is not moving. And I said, no, nah, that's not the drill. The drill is, there's all kind of competitors out there that are more than happy to take all your business. What's at risk is millions of dollars worth of business versus what a few hundred grand you can save on the building. It's not nothing, but it's not much compared to. Eh, hard well, to have I, good reasoning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to a different view or understanding of risk. I, mean, I think the thing that's interesting, this is really simple stuff. Profound. All right, profound. I, yeah, and then, yeah. I mean, you pay your bills on time. It changes. It starts with how he sees himself, obviously changes his relationship to vendors. And well, given that rest. most companies weren't paying on time, that they were taking advantage of the supply of capital, as it's called, that you can get from vendors by not paying on time. 
uh, to have somebody come along and pay on time was n notable. Many years before this, I became aware that there were different pricing schedules based on, at least in some companies, based on the credit rating of the customer. And if they didn't pay their bills on time, they had a different price scale. I'd never seen any proof of that, but I'd heard that. Yeah. So he calls you. Yeah. Places burned to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> the fire was burning. I went up there. It was still burning. Okay. And I'm standing with him and somebody else, I don't recall who, watching this happen and thinking to myself, you know, now what do we do? <laughs> but, you know, the, the thing was, the outpouring of help, not asked for, but offered, was astounding. Yeah. Just astounding. Um, because you couldn't go to a different building, much larger, of course, and sit down with a guy who owned it and and tell them, look, we want to move in tomorrow. We'll pay rent until we can get things settled down and get it, uh, get the purchase made. <laughs> but move in tomorrow, which would immediately cause problems without a legal agreement, if the parties weren't weren't uh, reputable. So you had that meeting. It's still smoldering. Well, it was the next day. I suppose it was smoldering. I wasn't there the next day, but. So the next, but the next day he has this meeting and you, you and Bill have this meeting with this guy to take possession of his property. Yeah. The, that day. Yeah. Nobody does that. No, you can't. You can't. But, but that's the important thing is that, you know, you don't devise it by saying, well, what does everybody do and therefore we'll follow what everybody does. You, you, you think about what the issues are and, you know, the issues were fairly clear. The competitors were, to put it euphemistically, uh, very happy yeah. to serve Bill's customers. <laughs> so the guy agrees to? Well, I turned to the owner of the building, and he was sitting with his attorney. So I, and I said to him, you know, you know Bill. You know his reputation and standing. If you believe what you know about him to be true, then you can do this deal as proposed. If it's not true, or if you have significant doubts about it, then you absolutely cannot let him move in tomorrow. So what do you think of Bill? <laughs> that is really, that's really calling the question. That's, that's fairly blunt stuff. Well, yeah, it was called for. But the building had sat there for some period of time. He wants to sell it. He's got a, a live guy. Uh, who has the wherewithal and who has the uh, character to you, that you can believe he would carry through with what he promised. Yeah. No. It's, it's fun work. So the guy agrees? Yeah. In the, he doesn't go think about it, I'll call you later this afternoon? No, no, he agreed on the spot. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. with his attorney sitting there? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's, that's the stuff I want to get to because that's... Well, there's, 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 there's in the host of material that's involved here, there's a lot of those sorts of stories. Um, lots of those sorts of incidents where 
what is common and what is usual exists for certain reasons, but those reasons don't aren't always true. There's rules of thumb. Sometimes they're embodied in law and sometimes not. They're called a fancy word heuristics. They're wonderful generalizations designed to save time, but they are generalizations. So while generally true, they're exceptionally false, <laughs> if I may put it so bluntly. Yeah. So he gets the building. Uh, now he's got to put stuff in it to be able to do business. All the equipment. They started the front end of their manufacturing line, in, as I recall, in two weeks. <laughs> and we're shipping, I think it was in four weeks. It was a Chinese fire drill. Uh, no, it wasn't Chinese fire drill. He knew what to do. I mean, they patched it and made it work. Uh, I had one call from the CFO. He wanted to get a new time clock. <laughs> and he wanted my opinion as to, he found this one time clock that was quite good and my opinion about that. Well, frankly, I had no such opinion. And what I told him is, I said, look, uh, you've done a good job of watching the dollars and keeping things under control. And, you know, whatever your judgment on this is, I back it. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. You know, that, but... Who cares? Well, <laughs> he did. That's enough. Well, he he did, and you gave him the the space to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know what, what which one he bought. I never did ask. Why, why would I ask? I so I assume Bill and his employees had the standing and the phone numbers and the, to make the calls and get the stuff over and delivered and up, and the employees were on site and. The whole thing. They had, well, bear in mind, uh, the equipment went uh, was on flatbed, uh, being put on flatbeds for refurbishment, or checking at first, but whatever was necessary. While the fire was still burning, they could pull some of those things out of the building. Hmm. So what would happen is that, you know, I don't know when they first got some of their equipment back, I suppose it'd be a few days, but once they had possession of the building, which was the next day, they could tell these companies who were dealing with all this equipment where to deliver it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was terrific. Anyway, that's the... That's, it's it's, it's, uh, it's old-fashioned. It's, 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 it's more than business. It's more than know-how. It's also the standing of reputation, so that your know-how counts. Uh, but so. I, I, I assume behind this, or in support of this, the kind of work you were doing. With <clears throat> it was accounting at the, at the time. Still, there was some accounting involved. I, yeah, at that time we were still providing uh, a fairly standard set of, of, uh, of packages, uh, did their tax return, uh, would pre-close their year for tax estimation and, and planning before the end of the year for the, to make those things work. We'd produce uh, monthly financial statements, which 
given that Bill didn't know much about these things, um, it was a three-part statement that, and I remember sitting with him about that stuff, and he said, well, what, what, and I don't understand this, what, how do I understand it? I said, what do you understand? Show me. He showed me, I said, that's it, you got it. You know, that's what, there's three different reports. One says what you have in assets and liabilities. That's fairly clear. One says you sold this much, it cost you this much money, and you've got a profit. And one explains why there's a difference, explains the movement of cash. As inventories go up and down and receivables go up and down and payables go up and down and so on. And he had a, it was very workmanlike stuff. Um, more on the order of, of, uh, of, of good stewardship, knowing where your money is yeah. and where it's gone, where it came from. Um, and that's about all we were doing um, Well, at that time. Aside from when there's a fire. <laughs> well, a... Yeah, yeah, I don't remember how we heard about the fire. I suppose somebody called the, the office. And then after the fire, of course, the question, the immediate question is, okay, What's going to be the tax position on this? What he doesn't need is to bleed out cash for tax. What's the position? What, what's the position? How much time do we have? What kind of actions do we take? And lay that lay that out. Um, and then along with that, the concern would have been uh, there's still lender bank financing in the company because it had grown, it bought more equipment and so on and so forth. And sometimes in a situation like that, the bank will call the loans because they fear the loss of their collateral. Well, all their collateral is on fire. It's sure. being hauled away and da-da-da. Uh, so, with, you know, you, you cover those bases. And generally, if you walk them through, if you say, you know, here's what's going on, here's the steps that have been taken, that, that's, that's enough for them to hold still. And they did. Yeah. Well, I, I asked that because there, there's a there's things that Bill did that are pretty cool and interesting, and arose from how he wanted to be mm -hmm. with his business. One of the things he did, and I wasn't aware of it until then, is he had, he had bought an it's called business interruption insurance, which basically covers his overhead and profits in the event of a major interruption. But what I'm getting to, so yeah, that that risk aversion or, or view of risk with Bill, that that, that scene. But uh, <coughs> excuse me, what you were doing, I don't, I think, uh, is easy to dismiss. Yeah, from a certain frame of mind, people do. Um, you got three sheets, and you, oh, okay, who doesn't know how much money they have? Most everybody. Most everybody. <laughs> Which, you know, that's I mean, We had three rules uh, that I established. Uh, one, uh, we will be fast. Yeah. Two, um, we will be, the reports will be complete. And three, uh, the reports will be accurate. And this was a routine that went every month. Even the lenders said, well, you don't need monthly. And I, I said, no, it's, it's monthly. You know, things slip. We want to know, you know, at least check the till once a month. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what's interesting is what he had is uh, uh, support that was accurate to what he needed. And advice, and there was advice and negotiation, all that. Advice that was about bringing him closer to what he was doing and what he wanted to do and not about somebody else's idea of what he should be doing. There's always the the bear or the hidden gorilla in those things in those days. And that is that uh, small business people are not managers. They don't, they don't run business as well. If you're not a good manager, then you can't manage a business properly and yada yada. And I'd wrestled with that for several years, which is where some of this timeliness issue came in, stewardship issue. And I concluded that pretty much uh, the complaint would be, would never be raised if the interested party were to ask, well, you know, show me your books, and you had them. Sure. And they were complete, and they were right. Mm-hmm. And we backed that up with something which which we'd run run those, that do those data sets back uh, in detail for ten years and build that data base. And then by the mid '80s, we I put together out of a thousand different formulas, I selected oh ten, twelve, and went on dropped a bundle on a on an automatic uh, graphics machine. And we produced charts with the idea that the chart would show, well, this is what happened in here, and then another line would show this is where you were last year, or whatever the barometer would be. It was allowed for very fast, uh, do we need to look at this further? By the client. Then, of course, there's a, the delightful story of the commercial photographer, you know, big deal, but. Um, his wife was active in the business. She was a very good salesperson. They needed to get financing. They went into their bank, had to a bank to see about it, and uh, the banker said, well, we'll need, you know, we'll need your latest corporate tax return. He asked that because he didn't think she had it. She pulled up, we'd supplied three ring binders, the label on it. She lifted it up and said, oh, you mean this? <laughs> Well, do you have a current, you know, we need a current financial statement. She grabbed another three-ring binder. It eliminates, it eliminated most of the complaint about they're not being business-like, not being managers. That's from the outside. From yeah. the inside, and getting back to Bill on this day, his business is burning to the ground. What he had was a foundation or a frame that was clear enough and fixed enough that he could respond to the situation with accuracy. He also had support. Yeah. Because I don't remember it well. I remember you taking off to talk with him. I think that night I was a kid, obviously. And I think you went to meet with him the night of the fire. I was there the afternoon of the fire. I don't recall if I was met with him the evening. I might be fictionalizing. Maybe you came home late. I don't remember what it was. And of course, fired up. No pun intended. Uh, it's 
it's a something people don't really want to go through, but I remember it seemed fun. Well, um, it is. I mean, after coming back to the office, my thought was, okay, this is a big problem. What what are we going to do? And it's not when you're not going to sit there and say, what are we going to do? No, there's not. Let's get what's going on. What are the things we can deal with that'll assist us? So these these simple or profound things, accurate, timely, all that financial information, uh, paying bills on time when it, no one's doing it, uh, radically outside legal convention, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It can happen. That kind of improvisation, which we talked about last time, that I, I hate the word as though it's off the cuff. I like the word because what it means is you can be accurate. You don't have to be conventional. You can be accurate. And whether you're talking music or uh, uh, comedy or business or whatever the form is, if you can't move off script, it works until it doesn't. And, and this kind of stuff uh, gave Bill, I mean, I don't remember him being a person who would ever think in terms of improvisation. Uh, uh, no, um, which is sort of an interesting question. Um, we come to that later on in the Bill's story as to, as, as to what he had going, and what, thing, what kind of things he saw. His knowledge was, in, in one sense, intuitive. It's intuitive enough that intuitive enough that I'm not sure he understood what his skills were. I don't know. He, he, and when you come down to specifics, and that's when you begin to measure a difference between somebody who knows where the piano is and somebody who knows what key to hit. Yeah. Pardon, I can't make a good comparison. No, it's, that works. You know, and and. Uh, you know, so he he had very strong ideas, definitive, which he had a hard time spelling out, but in the circumstance would bring them out as to what was what, if he knew what was going on. And uh, when it came to the production side, um, he knew what was going on. Uh, his he didn't have a separate he had a separate office, but it wasn't a closed door. It's interesting, sitting in his office over the years, the number of people in a short period of time that would walk in holding apart and saying, and saying, Bill, this is dust to dust. I, when you get a chance, we need to talk about this. They had discovered something that they thought was a problem or something they thought that Bill would probably have a very strong opinion about. And those are two possibilities. But... Uh, now, where did he get this knowledge? I mean, he, has, he had no college degree. He didn't come close. Uh, that's one of the mysteries of knowledge. If a friend of mine has, I don't remember how many patents, this they say 25 patents to his name. Uh, bright guy. And I asked him one day, how did, you do, how did you do that? He said, well, what happens is I see a problem and finally I've seen it enough I can't stand it anymore. I want to fix it. And voila, that's what he did. Yeah. Well, I, the, the point I'm, I'm making is, uh, or the, that not that I'm making, that I'm interested in, is 
this stuff is kind of plain. Uh, it's not technical. It's not academic. And I, I, it's not... Uh, it's not... Uh, 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 innovative. To well, say it, a, 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 a yucky word. What comes up next in the Bill story sort of reflects on that because I think the feeling was that what Bill did was nothing special. That it wasn't, you know, wasn't anything particularly good about it, creative, da da da. Which, which says basically that the way he went about things was not consistent with what is the view of what's best. Well, and I, he couldn't go about things in terms of the view of what's best. He could only go about things in terms of what he saw. I mean, I, I, I take that from a musical... And I, I want to get back also to the advice, the kind of advice and, and uh, business chops, so to speak, that you were providing. In retrospect, you could say, oh, you know, big deal. No, I specifically knew what I was doing, and that is to say... Um, he was the warrior. I carried his armor. Yeah. And okay. So anybody who came close as an armor carrier, I mean, I, the guy who carried his armor carried his, uh, a, a weapon. Yeah. It was my job to protect him. And so if I saw things and I thought, you know, no, you guys don't get it. I mean, I was on that. This is, this is uh, from a literary standard point, this is underdog stuff. I mean, I've been around long enough of these things that your your doggedness as far as <laughs> the people who would be discounted. Uh, standard business practices and standard practices, a lot of things, but just just sticking to business, are essentially oppressive of ta talent. You hear that? Yeah. They will not allow it to surface. For the credentialed, for the other people who lack those kinds of talent, they don't want it, that talent around them at all. And for one reason, one, it makes them, for several reasons, one, it makes them look bad. Two, they do not understand it. Three, what's the source of it? In Bill's case, and he's not unique in this respect, I couldn't, I can't find a source of his talent. The guy in, dis, in, in discussion about business sounded like he was ignorant. And in fact, the executive, one of the senior executives is one of his customers, one of his largest customers, I think, said to me, I don't understand Bill's success because he doesn't know anything about business. <laughs> I didn't say to him what I was thinking, which was, so what part of his business do you buy? Because he buys <laughs> his parts. Yeah. You know, they... The, the reason for drawing all this material together is this is a kind of classification of a person that broadly is an entrepreneur, but specifically f falls in a different category within that. They just have they just have an odd talent without explanation. Twenty years working in a foundry, suddenly you know this stuff. Now part of it is you know. The, you know, part of the message is if the man has character, if that guy has character, you have something to work with because you have some idea what he's going to do and what he's not going to do. But the deeper issue isn't just simply uh, honesty. Real character will persevere with its own 
talent, even if it doesn't understand the nature of that talent. And Bill never did. But he, you know, that's when I get to the next parts of the story, the distressing part for me was to see the extent to which these people are beat up on. And I didn't quite understand it. Well, I think... Uh... And I hadn't provided adequate defenses and, uh, you know, more than once it got me fired for trying to do that. I mean, that's such a... There's two, there's a few things. That's such a big topic and we're at 40 minutes, so we're going to... Well, you know, I've got... We're going to hit I've it. got a there. dozen lectures lined up behind this. Well, <laughs> we'll have to get to... Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to have this, this wrap this story up that he was he was delivering uh, uh, parts, was delivering products to clients one month after a catastrophic fire. Yeah, and it was founded on uh, profound, accurate information and his own profound and accurate sense. To of borrow it. somebody else's phrase. Bill had and know how he knew how and he knew what, and because of the strength of his character that was portrayed, he got support for doing it. That's my argument. All right. Well, let's pick up the 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 more the continued tragedy next We're time. We're not going to get through this if you're going to keep doing this. <laughs> well, we're going to do our best. Uh-huh.